It's time now for St. Mary Healthline. Your health is your most precious asset, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the St. Mary Healthline. Good morning. Welcome to the St. Mary Healthline here on WBCB. Great to be with you today. And we are joined by Dr. Russell Reisner, a breast surgeon at St. Mary Complete Breast Care. Dr. Reisner, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background, what brought you to St. Mary Medical Center. Thank you. I'm happy to be here today. Great to have you. So I am trained as a breast surgical oncologist, which means that I have an interest and specialty training in diseases of the breast, uh, more often cancer, but certainly benign diseases as well. And uh, I certainly uh, enjoy what I do. I love uh, taking care of patients and getting to know them, which is a a good part of my uh, profession. I originally grew up in New York, but I've been living in the Philadelphia area for the last 16 years uh, with my lovely family, and uh, we uh, certainly enjoy working at St. Mary Medical Center as well. All right, we're getting to know you here before we jump into our topic. How about hobbies and other interests outside of uh, the, the field of medicine? Uh, well, I am an avid skier, and uh, luckily my uh, family also enjoys that, so we enjoy that together. Uh, I also like doing uh, projects around the home, uh, making uh, things out of wood, and uh, my latest passion is tracking down my family genealogy, something that uh, you could spend your whole life doing if you had the time and the desire. Yeah, you just keep going further and further up that family tree. Uh, That's correct, yes. More and more information is out there just uh, waiting to be unearthed. Dr. Reisner, what is uh, good breast health? So good breast health is a pretty broad term, but it certainly involves preventing and managing both benign as well as cancerous diseases of the breast. Benign conditions of the breast are certainly common. They can include infections, tumors that cause pain or uh, otherwise interfere, let's say, with a woman's ability to nurse properly. Uh, And, of course, uh, good breast health also involves watching for as well as recommending ways to prevent the development of cancer of the breast. What are some different uh, lifestyle things that... Uh, potentially can help people avoid uh, breast complications later in life? Well, we know, of course, that uh, certain conditions uh, are linked to uh, bad habits that people have, such as tobacco abuse. And we, of course, know that some breast disease can also be associated with use of tobacco and encourage uh, women as well as men to avoid that problem. We do also know that uh, carrying around excess weight can be detrimental to breast, both because the breasts themselves can be heavy, uncomfortable, and cause back and shoulder pain, but also that breast cancer carries a higher incidence in women with excess weight. So, of course, we also encourage a healthy lifestyle, including diet and exercise, to maintain a good body weight. 
Dr. Russell Reisner is our guest for the St. Mary Healthline today, talking about breast health. Both men and women, Dr. Reisner, have breast tissue, but women uh, at a much higher rate have complications. Is that because of the, the functionality of the female breast? So, yes, it is. Of course, breasts are there in our bodies to help nurse, to feed growing infants after they are born. And that, of course, is a role delegated to women because of their unique anatomy. This, unfortunately, can lead to problems unique to women uh, because of the larger breast size, the degree of development of tubes, ducts throughout the breast, and, of course, the hormonal influences on breast tissue that women's bodies produce. Men uh, don't suffer from those particular ailments, although they can develop uh, both benign and cancerous tumors of the breast. Occasionally, men can also develop enlargement of a breast, which can be quite painful and unsightly, and for that reason, men will sometimes have breast surgery not related to cancer, but uh, to improve their health and uh, their overall sense of well-being. What are different some of the different services and screenings that support breast health? So, of course, breast health maintenance is a twofold thing. One is to have a good awareness of the breast tissue. And although we certainly encourage William, well, women I'm sorry, to be aware of their breasts, to know what their breasts feel like, we actually don't recommend that routinely women evaluate themselves attempting to do an exam once a month. This has actually been found to be extremely difficult to do to yourself um, and uh, was causing really just a lot of anxiety among women. But certainly we do recommend that women uh, beginning in their 20s uh, begin to have breast examinations done by a medical professional. In addition to good examinations and being aware of how their breasts feel, we do, of course, screen women as they get a little older for the potential signs of breast cancer. And screening tests usually involve an x-ray, a mammogram, but there are other several modalities that we sometimes use uh, in our uh, desire to take a look at the inside of the breast and make sure that nothing bad is going on. Uh, Dr. Reisner, uh, what about a little myth-busting here? Uh, is there anything to wearing a bra or not wearing a bra? I've heard people say, I, I've heard kind of both theories uh, advanced, that if you wear a bra, that that's going to cause some type of complications, or if you go braless, that potentially is going to uh, lead to problems. But, I, you know, that's probably, they're both probably in the category of, of nonsense. Um, I certainly have not read any uh, literature, medical literature, uh, giving um, an increased risk of breast cancer related to the wearing or not wearing of a bra. I mean, have, uh, we know that certain other have you heard from patients influenced by um, wearing a bra? Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Have you heard from patients that um, they are concerned about those types of uh, th those garments? I've not actually had I've not had patients uh, ask me about that. Occasionally, a patient might ask if a certain style of bra, typically one with what's called an underwire, might be 
more problematic for them. Um, and I do reassure them that we do not have any medical evidence that having a bra with an underwire is more likely to cause breast cancer. Certainly breast discomfort, though, can be related to the type of bra a woman wears. And when I counsel women on ways to reduce breast pain and discomfort, number one on my list is always the use of a well-measured and well-fitting supportive bra. Uh, getting back to the screenings, are, are there standards, guidelines, when to get uh, different screenings, uh, different ages that are, are milestones that people should be looking out for? Yes, there are. So first, starting with a category of women who are considered to be of average risk for the development of breast cancer. We do recommend that at the age of 45, they begin screening with mammogram. Mammograms are tests that use x-ray, and like many tests, mammograms have continued to improve over the years. Currently, at St. Mary Medical Center, we utilize 3D mammography, which at the moment is considered state-of-the-art for imaging women's breasts with x-ray. If a woman has a history of having breast cancer in her immediate family, such as a sibling or a parent, then we do begin our screenings perhaps differently. If a woman had a mom, let's say, who had a breast cancer, let's say, and a little earlier in life, perhaps at age 45, for that child, we would have her screening begin 10 years earlier than the age of diagnosis for that mom, so at age 35. And as another category of women, if a woman is felt to have a higher than average risk of developing breast cancer in the future, we might start breast cancer screening as early as in her 20s in selected cases. Yeah, you mentioned uh, at the start of that answer that you know currently that's the situation at St. Mary Medical Center. Has, has COVID-19, this pandemic, impacted those guidelines or your ability to administer those screening tests? And are we starting to get back to, to, to a, a more normal type of uh, interaction? Because of COVID-19, we have had to modify our screening program. And this was done for two reasons, both to preserve some resources of the hospital that might be needed for patients afflicted with the COVID-19 virus, but also to minimize the risk of healthy people potentially contracting the virus by coming into a crowded hospital with a lot of other patients there. So at this time, if a woman's need for breast imaging is only to screen her breast, to look around for a potential problem, then we are not offering that screening right now. We are a little delayed, but we know that waiting a few months to screen in a woman who is otherwise not having any problems in their breast really does not give her any greater risk of having a, a problem based on the delay of finding something. For women, however, who are having what we call a diagnostic mammogram, which means we're specifically looking at a problem. And that problem could be something seen on a prior mammogram or something felt on an exam or something that that woman is experiencing, then those patients can get their imaging studies done. And we certainly would encourage them to continue with their appointments. 
we have taken great strides to minimize the risk of potential exposure to anyone with COVID-19 infection in the hospital by separating patients out, by handling much fewer patients at a time, and of course screening everyone who comes into our facility. So that the risk of being exposed to the virus by coming in and having a mammogram done is minimal at this time. And again, for that reason, if a woman is having a problem or needs follow-up of a specific entity identified elsewhere, we certainly encourage them to continue to come in for those breast imaging studies. I think that's really important information right now for people to hear that uh, don't don't put it off. If you feel like it's something that uh, you're concerned about, uh, early detection is such an important uh, uh, element to having a good outcome that uh, it, it it's, it's something if you're looking for more information about what we're talking about here today on the health line, you can go to stmaryhealthcare.org and find out a little bit more. And we also are going to find out more as we will uh, take a quick break. We'll step aside and we'll return in just a moment to ask uh, Dr. Russell Reisner a little bit more about breast health, about the services at St. Mary and what is going on with uh, this COVID-19 pandemic and uh, how you can make sure you get your screenings and get checked out. We're coming right back here on WBCB with the St. Mary Healthline. Pain is the enemy. Motion is victory. So the St. Mary orthopedic team replaces knees and hips. We mend spines. We mend people with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. So you can go home faster and happier. That's our mission. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash ortho. Hey gang, DJ Jimmy Mack here, asking you to join me every Sunday night from 7 to 9 for the Sunday Night Showcase, featuring two different artists or groups on WBCB 1490 AM radio and throughout the world on WBCB 1490.com. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. Welcome back to the St. Mary Healthline on WBCB. We have Dr. Russell Reisner with us, a breast surgeon at St. Mary Complete Breast Care, and uh, joining us talking about mammograms, about screenings. So, uh, Dr. Reisner, if uh, a woman needs a mammogram, other breast health screenings or services right now, uh, they can go onto the website that I just mentioned, but they can do so, get that screening safely, uh, that's really important for people to be uh, aware of and and to understand that you guys have done a lot to make sure that everyone is uh, protected from the virus, but also getting the care that they need. That is correct. We certainly do not want to have uh, people's other medical conditions suffer uh, because we're concerned about uh, them potentially getting sick from the virus. And to do that, we are taking extraordinary measures to screen anyone coming into the facility, to have uh, significant uh, cleaning before, during, after every patient contact with any machinery that we use. And we really know that uh, we can assure patients that there is minimal risk of getting any kind of viral exposure if they do need to come into our facility for evaluation. If a lump or other 
something irregular is detected in the breast tissue. Are, are those surgeries considered elective at all? I, you know, we, uh, for the lay person, we're hearing that elective surgeries are being put off. Um, uh, w- the procedures or, or surgical procedures, uh, are those things continuing to happen right now during this, this pandemic? So you are quite correct in that things that would be considered purely elective are not being performed right now. Breast cancer surgery, or to figure out if cancer is present in someone's breast, are certainly both still being done at St. Mary Medical Center. We recognize that many cancer cannot wait until the pandemic has died down. Um, And of course, if we're struggling to figure out if cancer is present in someone's breast, that is also something that needs to be done in a timely fashion. So you're absolutely correct. Breast cancer surgery or the performance of a breast biopsy when needed are things that can and are still being done at St. Mary Medical Center. And uh, these are given priority um, compared to, as I mentioned, purely elective things which right now are on hold. We hope, of course, that we will be able to offer the full range of surgery for everyone, including people with non-urgent procedures that need to be done over the next several weeks, but we're still waiting for guidance from the state uh, to see when we can do that. The number one thing is to have your your patients cancer-free, but people also want to, uh, there's a, a desire for sometimes there's a reconstructive element. Have you been uh, kind of pulled into a, a plastic surgery kind of uh, realm a little bit with some of the um, reconstructive elements that happen after the damaged tissue is removed? Well, uh, certainly in the last several years, uh, a big push in breast cancer-related surgery is something called oncoplastic repair. Oncoplastic utilizes the two words, oncology, cancer-related, and plastic or reconstructive surgery. We have realized that it's not enough simply to remove a cancerous growth from a woman's breast, but we also want to leave that breast with a good appearance so that that woman has good self-esteem and feels good about her appearance, all important in the healing process as well as someone's overall well-being. So rather than simply remove tissue from the breast and leave that breast with a defect which can occasionally accumulate fluid or otherwise look unsightly, I do plastic-type procedures which move around the breast tissue, helping to fill in the defect that was created and to give both a better appearance to and a breast less likely to develop any complications. And This is something that um, I do as part of my surgery. For patients who need more significant reconstructive procedures, we certainly do utilize our excellent plastic surgeons, uh, getting them involved early on in the thought process. I mean, that must all come up in a conversation between yourself and the patient, uh, a consultation which includes uh, how you're hoping that the outcome is going to happen and uh, what you may look like afterwards. Um, But I would imagine that those consultations and are, are, are very different depending on the patient and their needs, desires, and concerns. 
yes, certainly when it comes to potential reconstructor uh, reconstruction of breast tissue after surgery, it is only the patient's desires that come into play as far as whether reconstruction should or should not be done and what level of reconstruction. Many women are perfectly happy with having uh, breast surgery or even complete breast removal without having reconstruction done. But for the women who are interested in that, we uh, make every uh, effort to accommodate their desires, including meetings with our plastic surgical team. And of course, what helps the most is our ability to initiate the reconstructive surgery at the same first operation as when the cancerous tumors are being removed. Hmm. This allows uh, greater coordination, uh, saving time uh, and trips to the operating room for the patient, and ultimately a better cosmetic result as well. Uh, years ago, Dr. Reisner, probably uh, breast surgeons would not have thought the plastic surgery and uh, the oncology were going to come together as they have. As you look into the future, what other types of um, uh, changes or improvements do you see or are, are being worked on right now, maybe are just uh, uh, you know, with a few clinical trials away or the, that type of um, kind of near future type stuff sure i think uh, most most promising and what i have certainly seen over the years is the concept that in general when it comes to cancer treatment for people with breast cancer less is better than more we know that we are now doing much less radical surgery than was done 40 years ago to treat breast cancer and achieving not only comparable but better results. We have refined which of our patients would benefit from the use of chemotherapy in their treatment and which do not benefit, sparing people who won't benefit from chemotherapy from having the potential side effects of that treatment. And in the use of radiation therapy for breast cancer, our treatment times are continuing to shorten. We're learning more and more about the science and biology of the use of radiation. And my prediction is, is that in the next few years, we will be taking even less time to give radiation to breasts as part of treatment for breast cancer than we currently are. So all of this adds up into less overall treatment, shorter duration of treatment, and of course, a expedited return to normal, healthy, and regular function for our patients who are treated for breast cancer. A lot of listeners, Dr. Reisner, with time on their hands now. What else would you like listeners to know about breast health during this time? Maybe, maybe lifestyle changes that they could um, th- that they could think about. Healthier ways of eating. Um, I mean, th- th- those types of. Um, personal behavior and habit changes can make a difference. Absolutely. And as I spoke of earlier, we know that uh, excess weight can be uh, detrimental to breast health, both in relationship to a higher rate of cancer, as well as to a a higher rate of other breast issues, such as breast pain uh, and um, uh, sagginess of the breast tissue, which uh, some people do not uh, like the appearance of. So certainly uh, maintaining a normal weight, which would be done by 
healthy diet, and of course, uh, an exercise program. We all know that we're spending a lot of time at home now in our quarantines uh, due to the COVID-19 infection, and unfortunately that's making it even harder for people to take those steps of healthy eating and exercise. But certainly if you have a little space in your home or even the ability just to go outside of your home now that the weather is getting warmer, spend a little time doing some form of exercise, it'll help both your mind and your body uh, to be able to do those things. For people, I wanted to say, who are not, who are concerned about potentially coming into the hospital for an evaluation of a breast problem, we also are offering telemedicine visits. These can be done by a simple phone call, but they can also be done by a video conversation, uh, such that if any things need to actually be looked at by the doctor as far as that patient goes, uh, this can also be done in that way. Dr. Reisner, thank you so much for uh, sharing some time with us here on WBCB, and uh, we appreciate all the work that is happening at St. Mary Medical Center, uh, both that are, you know, the the crew dealing with COVID-19 and then all the other medical professionals that have to come up with uh, some different ways of um, uh, trying to help patients. I thank you guys so much for everything you guys have done uh, throughout this time. And um, I, has it uh, for somebody who's kind of been outside of the COVID nineteen realm? Those those waves have been affecting basically every type of care throughout the world of medicine. Yes, no, it certainly has, and uh, it's going to take a while before we get back to to. Uh, you know, a situation where where uh, people feel comfortable being out and about, and obviously some changes are going to be made in the way we all live and work, which are going to last a while. But uh, we're certainly moving ahead. We're taking uh, great steps, and I am confident that uh, medical science is going to help us find a way to live with this disease and ultimately to beat it. Well, Dr. Reisner, thank you so much for a little message of hope here at the end of our get-together. This has been the St. Mary Healthline on WBCB. For more information about what we have been talking about, you can visit the website stmaryhealthcare.org. Again, that's stmaryhealthcare.org. Thank you so much for joining us here on your station in Bucks County, 1490 WBCB. Dear neighbors, our hearts live to fix yours. The St. Mary Cardiovascular Team stands ready to save your life in ways that are safer, faster, less invasive, and sometimes extraordinary. You see, that's our mission, to treat you with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. Call 8447-ST-MARY or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash heart.